Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likutei Halachas, Yoradeah, Chelek Sheni, Hilchas Tzedakah, Halacha Beis, Paragraph Hey, which is sort of an appendix to the Halacha. Today's shir is sponsored by our close friend, Danny Gruen, in honor of the birth of his son and the bris mila, which took place yesterday, David Azaria Ben Amira Liza, for a complete refuah shalema for the baby, and the mother, Amira Liza Bas Dvoira Sasia, and Lilu Nishmas Rabbi Yitzchak Chaim Bereb Shloimoi Halevi, whose yard site is today on the 10th of Sivan, and for a complete refuah shalema for all those that need it, including Chavi Vachana Bas Chaim Yitzchok ben Chanarivka, Akiva Michoel ben Sorahuva, Basi Kela bas Amalia Malka, Ruven Mordechai ben Chana, Dvoira Gila Simcha bas Chava, Baruch Mordechai ben Tali, Soraleya bas Chavaliba, Vigail Brocha bas Shira, Dvoira Chana bas Sora, Hillel Yisrael ben Sora, Nechem Yezalme ben Sorafega, David Lei ben Shena, Shlemenisim ben Mazel, Gitigendel bas Sipoira, Lebeleya bas Sipoira, Chaim Aryeh ben Brocha, Chaim ben Rachel, Toiva bas Chavapero, Gavriel Shloima ben Idis, Idis bas Miriam Brindel, Michal Sora bas Adasa, Sora Rochel bas Yus Bendel, Yehudis Ruchama bas Chavarus, Gila bas Brocha, David ben Behia, Shendel bas Leia, and Yaakov Yeshua ben Freindel Rechel, Shimon Eliezer ben Rochel, Besor Sharcho Yisrael. Rab Nelson Zal says now, Shayach Le'el Ois Gimel. He's going to add a piece now that's related to paragraph Gimel that we had earlier in this halacha. Ki Iker Milui Halavono Hualyadei Isarusa de la The whole concept of us being able to correct the deficiency in the moon is dependent on us. Isarusa de la requires an awakening from below, from down here on this earth. Vialkain hakoil nasa alidei hatsade kanal. And this is also why it is so critical to have the tzadik involved in this. Vialkain kisha hatsadik niftar, because the tzadik is the one who is strongest in Isarusa de la in doing what, what can be done from down here below to serve Hashem. And this is why Rav Nelson earlier had quoted the Zohar Kodesh, which said that when Moshe Rabbeinu was Nifter, Hashem said, Who's, who's going to do what needs to be done on my behalf? Because it's impossible to really accomplish this properly, this union between Chochmatato and Chochmailo, which means Malchus and Chochma, or the sun and the moon. And to take the Shekhinah out of its exile and to fill in whatever is lacking in the moon other than through the tzaddik, especially through his good deeds. Shehi bechinas isarusa de lesata. That's the most powerful isarusa de lesata. Shezel, now a person would say, what do you mean? Well, what about all the rest of us? We're nothing? The answer is, it's not that we're nothing. Every Jew is important. Every Jew's tefillah is important. But the Gemara does say, Mi sheyesh loy choyla b'toch beisoy, yeylech etzel chocham v'yivaki shol avrachmim. The Gemara puts an emphasis on the need of going to the tzaddik for him to do, and, and how the Jews turned to Moshe Rabbeinu time and time again, you be mispalel. It didn't mean instead of our tefillah, but it meant that we realize that Moshe Rabbeinu's tefillah, the tzaddik's tefillah and efforts, is thousands of times more powerful than ours. Shezel bechinas hakoychovim shanosana shemisporach lahalavono lahofis daito. This explains what the Gemara says that when the moon was was kept arguing with Hashem, why do I why do I have to be lessened? Why do I have to be lowered? And Hashem kept saying, Oh, uh, you know what? We'll we'll do this to help you. We'll do this to help you. And at one point, Hashem said, You know what? We'll give you the stars 
to serve together with you in the evening so that the moon together with the light of the stars is similar to the sun. What are the stars? Rav Nosanzal says the stars are the tzaddikim. Shehu bechinas umatzdike horabim kakrechovim. The post hainu hatzaddikim. Sheheim matzdike horabim. This refers to the tzaddikim who are matzdik klal Yisrael. They're the ones who, who, who always defend us and, and try to make us look good in the eyes of Hashem and help us. These tzaddikim are mezake the entire world. Because as Rabbi Nezal explains over there in chapter 91 in the second half of Likut Imran, which this halach is based on, the tzaddikim, when they engage people in conversation, they take those words that the people are speaking, which could be sichas chulin, all kinds of ordinary things, news and other things, and Rabbi Nezal says they're actually, and even reshoim, when they engage them in conversation, the tzaddik takes those diburim and has the ability to connect it to the Torah, to connect it to chachmoilah, to Hashem. This is one example of this uniting the Chochmatato, which is the Chochmais of this world, connecting it to Chochmailah, which is the Torah, which is Hashem. As Rabbi Nezal explains this very clearly over there in chapter 91 in the second half of Likud Imran, study it well over there. That's one comment. What does it mean that tzaddikim take science or even philosophy of Rishayim and Mekasherit to Hashem? The fact that these tzaddikim never... By us, when we come down to this world and we engage in the chachmas of this world, most people, the more they get involved in the chachmas of this world, the more they move away from Hashem, the less involvement and the less connection to Hashem, especially secular wisdoms. We know you have the Mishnah in Sanhedrin, at the end of Sanhedrin, where the Mishnah says, every Jew has a portion in Olam Haba, except... And the Mishnah lists a few exceptions. And Rabbi Akiva says, I'm going to add one more, one which is a person who studies Chachmas Chitzainius. Why? What's the terrible crime in learning Chachmas Chitzainius? The answer is that the Satan makes it that when people are learning Chachmas Chitzainius, he eases Hashem out of the picture and out of their lives. Those Chachmas Chitzainius replace the Torah, replace Hashem. It's not Hashem created, nature. Look at the beauty of nature, etc., etc., that kind of thing. Now, the tzaddikim, tzaddik be'emunoso yichya. A tzaddik is wall-to-wall emuna. And when he's learning Torah, he's in emuna mode. When he's engaging people in this world who are involved in every type of chachma, and every type of conversation, the tzaddik is always plugging it into Torah and emuna. Always, always. And by doing that, he's male, this chachmatator, all the chachmas of these worlds, of the, this world, he's male it and connecting it to chachmoilah. Sometimes he'll do it in an obvious way. He'll remind the people that he's talking to that this is really Hashem. Or when he'll see contradictions between science and Torah, he'll make it perfectly clear what he believes to be the truth, you know, that kind of thing. And sometimes without them even realizing it, the tzaddik, with his incredible connection and devotion to Torah, he's always, always, you know, connecting everything to Torah. Now, Rav Nosan adds one more additional point to this halacha. Where is the dividing line question between Chachmas Chitzainius from what a person needs to learn a profession? Generally, the term Chachmas Chitzainius in its most negative form refers to the study of philosophy. 
the study of philosophy of questioning everything, no boundaries, and 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 proposing all kinds of different things that that contradicted Torah or put doubt into a person's mind about the authenticity of the Torah, the written Torah, especially the Torah Shabal Peh, especially the words of the rabbis, that everything can be people who don't believe that Torah is Menashemayim, that the Torah Shabal Peh is Menashemayim, and therefore they'll, they'll look at the, the Torah Shabal Peh like any other book of, of knowledge, like a chemistry book, you know, which again, just like the, the chemists can change their mind, they can come up with a certain theory at one point and then they change their mind. The, the Gemara also, everything is negotiable, not realizing, that, not realizing that this is divine wisdom. So here especially, the study of philosophy and certain aspects of psychology where it doesn't, it doesn't conform with the Torah's a- attitudes, those, those things are in the category of this, this harmful Chachmas Chitzonius. Now, Rav Nosenzal adds one point, one additional point, about one of the most outstanding forms of tzedakah, v'alkein pidyon shvuyim hu mitzvah Based on what we've been learning here, we understand why one of the very highest forms of tzedakah, u tzedakah zu shal pidyon shvuyim, godoil mikol hatzedakah, is kemavur b'shulchan aruch. The shulchan aruch tells us in Yeridea that one of the most highest priorities in the mitzvah of tzedakah is pidyon shvuyim, which means literally when a Jew is taken captive by non-Jews and being held for ransom, where it's possible for us through money to be able to get that Jew out of the hands of these non-Jews and spare his life. Ki be'emes kol Rab says, in theory, all charity is really pidyon shvuyim. Who's the shavoy? Who are we taking out of captive? Kalidei hatzdokos male kamon nitzoitzos hakadoshim min hashivya v'hagolos. Because by giving tzdoka, we're elevating holy sparks that have fallen into the domain of the sitrachra. We're taking them out of captivity, out of golos. And we're actually taking the Shekhinah out of Golos. We spoke about this earlier in this halacha, and Rabbi Nezal speaks about it in a few places in Likut Imran, that when the Shekhinah is in Golos, the Malchus is called Tzedek. And when we give Tzedakah, Rabbi Nezal has a chapter in Likut Imran based on the writings of the Arizal, showing as Tzedakah is the Tikkun of the Tzedek, the Tikkun of the Malchus. It's taking the Malchus out of exile and restoring it to its full capacity of Kedusha. So therefore, all of Tzedakah is really a form of Pidyon Shvuyim spiritually. And therefore, when there's an actual physical example of Pidyon Shvuyim, a Jew is in captivity by the Goyim, that's the highest form of tzedakah. Because when a Jew is in captivity, the Shekhinah is in captivity. Remember, we said the Arizal shows that the term Shekhinah and Klal Yisrael are one. In the Zohar Kodesh, it refers to the Shekhinah as Knesses Yisrael. That's the terminology that's used. And the Arizal says that the word Shekhinah Shin, Shin Yud Nun, Chaf, Chaf Pei, when you write out each letter as a word, it's Bigimatria Tof Reish Aleph, 601. The Jewish nation is Tof Reish Aleph, 600,000. And the Arizal says that's one and the same. There's a Pasuk, Echo, Echo, Yirdoif, Echod Aleph, that one and a thousand in Hebrew, this is Aleph and this is Aleph, it's the same. In Mispar Kotan, certainly it's the same. So the Shekhinah is Klal Yisrael. A Jew is in captivity. The Shekhinah is in captivity. 
ועל כן על ידי צדוקו זו של פדיון שבויים, הוא מעלה ביוסר השכינה מהגולוס והשווקו יכול. And therefore this form of צדוקו פדיון שבויים is one of the greatest examples of taking the שכינה out of גולוס, out of captivity. שזהו עיקר בחינת צדוקו, and that's what צדוקו in general is all about, as we learned before. It's about elevating the שכינה ואיספון. And therefore, this is actually the highest form of tzedakah. And we know everything requires limud. There's a famous story, those that know, in Kal Yisrael, the Rebbe of the Rosh, the Rosh, Rabbeinu Osher, who is one of the most famous, outstanding commentaries on Shas, one of the most powerful Rishonim. His Rebbe was Rebbe Meir Mirattenberg, who was super giant, one of the great Gedoyle Gedoyle Harishonim. And he was taken by captive by the Goyim at one point. This was around the year 1000 approximately, something like that. And they were holding him for a major ransom. And Rebbe Meir Mirattenberg said, Osser, he forbid the Jews to pay that ransom. Because the Gemara says that sometimes if the Goyim ask, an extraordinary, exorbitant amount of money. If you give it to them, they'll want more, and they'll, they'll do it more often. So there are guidelines even in this. And he ended up dying in prison. Rav Meir Rattenberg, he refused to allow the Jewish... They were pleading with him, no, no, we'll put together, you know, to take him out of, out of, out of prison. Rav Meir Rattenberg, the, the Rebbe of the Rosh, he refused to allow it. So in, in everything, a person needs to know what the right thing to do is. We need the guidance of the tzaddikim, the chachamim, who are really qualified to let us know what yes and what not. There is an organization, Yad La'achim, today, which saves Jewish women who have married Arab men and they're stuck in Arab villages with their children and their lives are somewhat in danger. Definitely. And they work to get these women out of the Arab villages. Is that a form of Pidyon Shvuyim? Definitely. A hundred percent. A very powerful form of Pidyon Shvuyim, number one. Another form of Pidyon Shvuyim is Kiruv Rechokim. A person who is Shavui in their Taivois Royce and Midois Royce. A person who's trapped you know, in, in, uh, in, in, uh, in darkness, spiritual darkness, and taking that person out of that darkness, out of that prison, person who's imprisoned by the Sahara, by the forces of the Sitrachra, that's definitely one of the highest forms of Pidyan Shruyim. The Zohar Kodesh says, you know, Zakor manda ochid biyoda dechayova, ashray to the person who grabs on to the hands of a Russia, you know, and pulls him out and brings him close. These are definitely different forms. But, and here he's telling us, and when it's physical, then it's another level. Here again, these women who made, sometimes they did it willingly, sometimes unwillingly. They didn't know, they couldn't tell the difference between an Arab and a secular Jew, Rahman al-San, sometimes. Unfortunately, in secular Judaism, there's, there's no difference. It's equality, equality, plurality, democracy, democracy. We see Jewish people today holding up a Palestinian flag, you know, and waving this. This is the, you know, they're proud of this. And, and again, the problem is the religious people. They're the terrorists. They're, you know, Rahman al-Islam, such an upside-down world. So if a person, there, there's, I've, I've read stories of those women and children being saved and ending up living good Jewish lives. Question? Is charity given in secret also an example of pidyon shvuyim? How specifically, please? The answer is that, that that's another aspect of the mitzvah tzedakah. There's an aspect when a person is giving tzedakah and people know about it, they know who the donor is, and they know who's receiving the money, versus a case where the donor does not want their name known, they don't want to be known, or they don't want to know who exactly is receiving the money. They're giving the, the money to an organization or to a gabai, and they know that he knows what to do with it, that kind of thing. That's another aspect of, of raising the level of the tzedakah. But Rav Nosan Sal said here that 
all of tzedakah is a form of pidyon shvuyim. Who's the shavui? The shavui is the shechina, the holy sparks that are being taken out of Golis, especially through this mitzvah. When we talk about the malchus, the Arizal explains, we say in davening in the morning, umalchusoy bakoil moshola, that the malchus of Hashem rules over everything, everywhere. And what that tells us is that the malchus, the shechina, is that part of Hashem that goes down into the dirt, that goes down into the place of the sitrachra. For what purpose? Number one, to rescue holy sparks from there, to rescue souls from there. Or sometimes it goes down there as a result of our sins. We cause it to get schlepped down into the domain of the sitrachra. So that's this umalchusoi bakol moshola. And our mission, the, the malchus doesn't want to stay there, even when it goes there intentionally. It goes there on a rescue mission. It's like uh, paratroopers who go behind enemy lines to do a rescue mission. They don't want to stay there. They want to get back into their own country. The malchus wants to get back into the domain of Kiddusha. And one of the mitzvahs that accomplishes that the most is this tzedakah. That's why the Arizal says one of the best places in tefillah to give tzedakah is when you say those words, v'ato moishel bakoil. The last letters of v'ato moishel bakoil, hey lamed lamed, are begimatria aleph dalet nun yud, Hashem's name of malchus. And again, we're being mamlech Hashem. And, and mamlechim in what way? That, that if the shechina, if the malchus is down in the dumps, we're involved in getting it out of there and, and schlepping out with it any sparks of Kedusha that it can rescue at that particular time. <clears throat> Regarding tzedakah, people often give based on emotions. But how important is it to make an exact calculation of what is your income, figuring out 10%, and making sure, keeping track of your income and keeping track of your tzedakahs, and doing it really mathematically in an exact way, instead of just... Approximating. Just give it give 50 shekels from, a year of that. From what I've seen from my rabbis, Rav Rosenfeld, Red Michel, people who dealt with tzedakah, it is definitely important to keep track and keep record because sometimes a person could think, of course I'm giving it up, and sometimes they're not. And, and sometimes a person is giving more, they're giving more than 10%, sometimes more than 20%, and a person doesn't realize it. A person does need to, to keep a cheshbon. I still have sheets, you know, of several hundred pages of an accounting that my Rebbe Remichel used to do every single month. Shkolim dollars, shkolim dollars in and out that he received and that he gave out, you know, in terms of distributing stuckers, you know, tremendous accountability in that way. A person is allowed to, the Gemara speaks about vatron, that a vatron is a very good quality, that you're allowed to give 11%, you're allowed to say, you know, I went look good, keep, keep, I'm happy, keep the change, that kind of thing. That's a quality. But, but it is important to do to do cheshbonis. It is important. And again, the Gemara says that normally, under normal circumstances, a person should not give more than 20%. The Balatanya adds to that, that when it's not normal circumstances, just like when a person is, has normal health conditions, they'll go to a doctor, they'll pay $200 for a visit, whatever is standard. When a person has an emergency, I want to see a specialist. What do you mean he charges $1,000? I don't care. I don't care. Get me in there, whatever it costs. Please, please, I'm begging you, get me in there. In Stucco also, he says that when there is that type of emergency, then a person's allowed to go even above 20. There are stories with Rabbeinazal, with Rabna, that Rabbeinazal once said about a certain person who was very sick, that in order to save himself, he would need to give away all of his money for Tzedakah, and that could pull him out. And the person didn't do it, and he passed away. He didn't tell it to the person. He said, you can't tell it to him. But in this particular situation, he's about to die. That kind of move could turn things around completely. Tzedakah tatsumimovus.
question, is Malchus trapped by the Klippos? Basically the same concept as the deficiency of the moon. The answer is yes, 100%. These are the, this is the terminology that's used in Sifrei Kabbalah and Sifrei Hasidus to refer to this process, this scenario. Baruch Hashem. We have one more halacha in Hilchist Stoker. Halacha Gimel. Alpima Shekosav Rabbeinu Besefer Horishain Besimen Kufain Beis Alposuk Maloy Choloritz Kevoidoi Ayin Shon. Now note the fact that it says Rabbeinu and not Rabbeinu Zal means Rabbeinu Zal wrote this in the beginning of his career when Rabbeinu Zal was still alive. And usually those halachas are much shorter, much, much less explanatory. Vaklal, to summarize the concept that Rabbein Zal presents in that chapter in the Kutimran, Ki be'emes ha-shefa shel tomid. The faucet up in heaven that's sending shefa down to the world is always on. The shefa is flowing constantly. Hein shefa ashirus oibonem ukeyoitse. Kol ha-hashpois yoridin tomid me'ashem yisporach. Health money, wealth, children, all of this is constantly flowing from Hashem. Ach, hamenia, himachmas gashmias hachoymer, what blocks it from reaching us is our materialism, our involvement in the materialistic world, in gashmias, in physicality. She'oiset sale neged oyr ha'hashpoh. That generates a shade, a darkness that blocks that light from being able to reach us. Because whenever you take something thick, something physical, and place it in the way of something that's more spiritual, in the way of light or something like that, it'll create a, sh- a shadow, a darkness, a shade. Kigoin. For example, the earth opposite the moon. We have the concept of an eclipse, an eclipse of the moon, an eclipse of the sun, where because of the positioning, it blocks that light and it becomes dark. And so to the moon, compared to what's on a higher level than the moon, than the sun, let's say. And this applies on every level, that the lower level is considered to be a form of darkness, a form of gashmias, compared to the level above it. And this shadow, this shade, this darkness that's generated from the physicality of whatever thing is standing and blocking the, the fine light, the, that blocks that light from being able to reach the person. And therefore, we human beings, the more we get involved and entrenched in Gashmius, in materialism, the more it blocks us from being able to receive Hashem's light. And that's what will sometimes cause a delay, a block, in a person being able to receive parnasa or children, or, or health. But when a person tries to disengage completely from the materialism that that doesn't play any important role in my life. I have to, I have to wear clothes, so I wear clothes, but I'm not going to spend time shopping. I'm not going to look for the most expensive clothes or it has to be this color, I have to be color coordinated, all the different things. Uh, the, the, person, the, the less a person is engrossed and involved and dedicated to Gashmias, to materialism, Va'oz, he, he nullifies himself, he takes himself out of all of that. Va'oz, and again, it doesn't mean not eating, but it means not making an issue about eating. I don't like this, I like that. This isn't, the, this isn't made exactly the way I like it. I don't like, I like it like that. All of that kind of stuff. 
not being particular at all when it comes to Gashmias. Then that person does not create any shadow, any shade, any blockage at all. And then the light of Hashem's glory can be revealed to that person completely. Because there's nothing blocking that great, great light from Hashem. Rabbi Nezal once made a comment where he said, you take a little coin, let's say a person's eye, the eye can see has such a wide range of vision. Take a coin and put it in front of the eye and suddenly that little, little tiny coin can block such an incredible wide range, miles and miles of vision all around the person. That's one example, the, the issue of Taivas moment. People to whom, who make money the most important thing in their life, chas v'shalom. And then the person will avail themselves to be able to receive all different types of shefa from Hashem. When a person takes all the artsius, all the gashmius, and says, Maloi, that's nothing. That doesn't play any, that's not important in my life. It's not important if I have scrambled eggs or, for, or, or unscrambled eggs, or if it's hotter or cold. That, does, that doesn't play any important role in my life. What's important in my life is if I was to get up to daven on time, and if I was to daven with kavona. <clears throat> The person nullifies them, removes themselves completely from all dedication and devotion to Gashmias. To the point where the whole physical, materialistic world means nothing to the person. Their focus is totally on their neshama. That's what really counts. That reveals the kavod of Hashem. Because that person has not created any type of shadow or shade or blockage from allowing the light of Hashem's kovoi to shine upon them. V'zehu maloi kol ha'oretz kevoidoi. Hainu minaloi kol ha'oretz kanal, aydeze kvoidoi nezgala. The more a person can negate and play down the gashmias, the more that person is playing an active role in revealing the kovoi of Hashem. And we know that that's the whole purpose of creation. You have that final mission in Pirkei Avos which says, why did Hashem create everything? It says there, what's the wording? Mm. Everything that Hashem created in the world, He created it only for His kavod. Shenemar, as it says in the Pasuk, for my kavod, I created everything, and it uses all the different terms. The, the Arizal says, lichvoidi is atzilus, berosiv is bria, yitzativ is yitzira, asisiv, showing that all the different worlds, what it's all really about is lichvoidi, Hashem's kavod. And again, the more I get involved and committed and engrossed in Gashmias, the less I avail myself to that covet of Hashem, the more I block myself from that light, and the more I conceal that light, and the, 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 the less and less I'm involved and committed to Gashmias, the more I'm playing an important role in availing myself to that light and allowing that light to permeate the world. With this, we're going to understand the, mitzvah, the importance of the mitzvah of tzedakah, giving a poor person what they need, which is so special, as the, as the Gemara says. And the Gemara says it's compared, the entire Torah is called tzedakah. Because tzedakah is called tzedakah. 
because by giving a person staka, you're removing that shade, that darkness. Which results in revealing the covet of Hashem. How? How? Because we just explained earlier, when a person is lacking in anything, when a person is lacking in parnasa, lacking in children, lacking in anything, it means that there's that shade, there's that darkness that's blocking that person from being able to receive the light. Now when I give him money, I'm, I'm filling that need, I'm taking away that chisorn, I'm removing the shade, I'm removing the darkness. By giving this person a hundred dollars, what they need, their money for the week or whatever it is, I'm removing that sale, I'm removing the darkness. Because again, it's not, it's Hashem's money. It's Hashem's money. Since I'm eliminating the poverty from this person, which is that darkness, it's that shame. Now you'll understand why the Gemara over there in Baba Basra quotes this Pasuk about Stokah. I, through the midst through charity, see your face. I get to see your face, Hashem. The Gemara there learns that from this, that whenever you want to go see Hashem, when you want to be mispalel, when you want to daven, which means you want to see Hashem, give tzedakah first, set aside tzedakah first. Because when you remove that sale, the oil haponim of Hashem is revealed. By removing the oretz, the kvoitoi, the cover of Hashem is revealed. The Pasuk says there. Note, it uses that same term, that because the mitzvah tzedakah, which is removing that sail, causes the light of the sun to shine brightly, meaning the light of Hashem. You're removing that sail that was blocking that bright light of the sun, and was hiding the oil haponim of Hashem And when we succeed in removing that sail through the mitzvah of tzedakah, we're removing the curtain that's blocking the light of Hashem's face from shining brightly, then that, that, that causes the oil upon him to be revealed, the sun to shine. And this will also explain why Tzedakah has the ability to forgive for sins. As Doniel advised Nebuchadnezzar, V'chato'och b'tzedakah pruk, Redeem your sins by being charitable to the people. Because the main damage that's caused by a sin is that a sin creates a blockage, a wall, blocking the person from being able to receive Hashem's light. That's the terminology that's used in the Gemara other places. It creates a mosel hamavdil, a barrier. According to the level of the sin, that's what will define how large and strong a barrier the person generates separating them from Hashem. And therefore, through the mitzvah tzedakah, where I am filling in a need, I am giving money to a place where there was a lack of money. There was this, as a result, mean, meaning there was this sale there, blocking the money from being there. Through this, I'm removing the sale. 
על כן, על ידי זה נמחולן כל האבוינוס והפגומן שהם בחינסל. That can atone for and forgive all the sins which are what to generate that sale. Bechinas hastoras pnei Hashem. Another term for that that's used throughout the Torah is Hashem's face being hidden from us. Hester ponim. There's Hester ponim and Giloi ponim. Pnei elai v'choneni. Hashem, please turn your face to me and, and give me grace. V'yalkein shkul atztoka kuchol ha-Torah kula. And this explains why the Gemara says that the mitzvah tzedakah is like all 613 mitzvahs. Because this is actually what the whole Torah is really all about. The entire Torah, the entire Judaism is all about revealing the covenant of Hashem. Etc. As there is that famous quote in the Zohar Kodesh when Moshe Rabbeinu was asked, Why did Hashem create the world? And he said three words Begin in order that man should achieve recognition of Hashem. Begin because all of the mitzvahs are all about removing that wall, removing that blockage that blocks us from being able to see Hashem. We know the word mitzvah is yud kevavke. The Zohar Kodesh says in atbash mem becomes yud, tzadik becomes hey. So a mitzvah is Hashem. A mitzvah is a, reveals Hashem. The Hainu Bechinas Hatzel, we're removing that cell, Umam Shichin Omegalin Oyer Kvoidesbach, and drawing the light of Hashem's Kavoid. Vezena Saideyatstoka Beyoiser. Every mitzvah does that on a certain level, but Stoka does it the most in a certain sense. Because when you're giving tzedakah, you're pinpointing. Here again, people are fighting a war, they're shooting missiles, missiles, missiles. They're not winning at the war, it's not, being won. it's not changing the game at all. But if you know exactly where to strike, where to send the missile, where it'll do the most damage, where it'll have the greatest effect, that's a game changer. You stab a person, you stab him in the arm. Show we see his stories every day, Rahman al of Arabs stabbing soldiers and people and everything. Not nine out of ten times survives unless they stab them in the heart or in the spine or in the head, certain places where it's end, end, the end. So here we're being told Staka is an example of precision bombing. You're taking an Oni who is a perfect example of that sail, that sail that's blocking the light. And by giving him the money, you just remove that sail. You remove the wall. You're pushing aside and removing the tzel and drawing and revealing this light of Shefa which is the light of Hashem. Hashem's kavod, which, which is everywhere, fills the whole world. You're, you're shining light into a place of darkness. This person was in a state of darkness, a state of anius. And that's really what the whole Torah is really all about. Kiner mitzvah v'toyrah oyer. Every mitzvah is lighting a candle, it's turning on the light. Every avera is chas v'shon, extinguishing the light, or putting a wall in front of the light. And this is why the Gemara says that staka is considered like all 613 mitzvahs. Because if we want to summarize what's the purpose of all Tariyag mitzvahs, what's, its, what's the least common denominator? It's revealing the oil, the kavod of Hashem. It's taking Hashem's light out of darkness and bringing it into bringing light into a place of darkness. And staka is a is one of the clearest physical manifestations of that of doing that. Question. Begin the yishtemod and lay literally is 
the purpose is to know Hashem. What does it really mean for us? I, that's why I, I prefer a little bit to use the word recognition of Hashem. It means the, a level of awareness, shivisi Hashem lenegdi somed, that concept of knowing enoid milvadoi, that everything is Hashem, everything is all about Hashem. I want to go to Switzerland, I want to see the, the mountain. What am I seeing? I'm looking at Hashem. I'm, but Hashem is everywhere. You're right, Hashem is everywhere. But here you see it in a, in, a, in, a, in a much bigger, in a way that affects me much bigger. Because we are human and because we have our human de- definitions and limitations, when we see certain things, it, we're wowed about the existence of Hashem. We know, for example, you had the Six-Day War. The whole world, I remember as a child, I was 11 years old at the time, the whole world was watching. This is Davy and Goliath going up against each other. Two, three hundred million Arabs uniting and saying we're going to push that little kid into the sea. This is going to be the once and for all, the final end of that little sea. And what was going on, and the whole world is watching this, and, and there were Goyim even, who felt pity. There are people who naturally feel a certain pity for the underdog, and they were donating money. I remember being out in the streets, knocking on doors to collect money for Eretz Yisrael at the time, and, and seeing in the streets of Manhattan, Fifth Avenue, the biggest street, people took a bed sheet, a gigantic bed sheet. Four people were holding out a bed sheet, and people were throwing money onto the bed sheet, collecting for Eretz Yisrael, all kinds of people. And then when the war started, an attack Egypt, all of them are going to attack at the same time. Egypt, Jordan, Syria, all sides, surrounded on all sides. And then hearing the news that Hashem made such unbelievable miracle. Egypt had an air force at the time, 80 fighter planes, all ready to go. The pilots are in there. And Hashem put it in their mind to wait a little, wait just long enough that three or four Israeli jets flew over, blew up the 80 planes before they took off on the ground. And suddenly here, the Egyptian Air Force is no longer an issue. That's taken care of. Now let's go north. Let, and hearing what went on during those six days, people seeing, again, Lamalam and Ateva, totally Lamalam and Ateva. And then you hear suddenly that Eretz Yisrael is running into these other countries. Not that they're, they're, they're defending themselves. Now we're going to take over part, we're going to take back the Golan Heights. We're going to take back Sinai. We're, we're going to piece together. We're going to double and triple the size of Eretz Yisrael. The world was in awe. You know, this was a gilui of Hashem. There were many people, non-religious pilots, who became religious. They, they saw Hashem. They saw, you know, this, uh, it, it, those that were honest enough could say that this is miracle. This is definitely unnatural. There's no explanation other than the Hashem of the Jewish people took up our, our role, you know, that kind of thing. Ein kemach ein Torah, what do we do about this? And getting out of, and, and getting sipuk out of what we do, whether it's work or learning, in other words, chas v'shom, a lack of it. I don't really understand the question. Experience shows that people who consider money the most important thing in their lives usually have more money than those who don't make an issue of it. Doesn't that contradict what Rav is saying here? The answer is no, not necessarily. Because sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes a person can have much more money and is much poorer. The Torah defines wealth and poverty. Ezehu oshir hasoimeach bechelkoi. And usually, if a person will look honestly, they'll see that there are many, many people who have less money and are much more happier, happier and satisfied than people who have much more money and and are going through much worse struggles in life, much worse struggles and anxieties and suffering, all, all types of suffering. What if a person lacks sipuk? The, the things that give a person sipuk 
are emun and Hashem, a person who wants to get sipuk from Gashmias, the Shlomo says in kesef. a person who thinks that getting more Gashmias, getting a better car, a bigger home, those things, that that's going to quench my thirst, that that's going to satisfy me, usually it's very rare that it, that it does, very rare. A person who, who adapts the proper standard, who knows what's important. What's important is simcha. What's important is shalom bayis, not the advice that the Torah gives. A person tries to draw the sipuk from where Hashem says, from emuna, emuna, bitochain, tefillah, those things. It's a whole completely different level of sipuk. The sipuk that the person will experience is much, much higher. So questions. So maybe it's just as important to somehow help people who never feel that they have enough, no matter how much they have. Isn't it just as important that stucker? <clears throat> so you're saying that we should be looking to looking up all the addresses of all the rich people and give give, give them stucker. The answer is there that stucker is ashrei maskil eldol, to be makari of those people to Hashem to open their eyes, these people who some of them put on a pretense of looking like they're having a great time and they're totally satisfied and when you get to know them you see they're not by bringing Yiddishkeit to them, by, by bringing them close to Hashem that's where they get the sipok, that's where you're taking them out of that state of poverty with, with their wealth, with their big homes and everything etc etc We'll hold it over here for now. In Yitzhashem, tomorrow we start a new chapter, Hilchas Mila, which Rav Zal has some incredible, incredible chidushim on this topic. And this is going to take us for a while. Is about, I believe, maybe 50 pages approximately on Hilchas Mila, Yitzhashem. Hopefully we'll start this tomorrow, Yitzhashem. We should be zeicher. We should be zeicher to, to remove it, to, to realize what's more important and what's less important in life. And be that we should not block Hashem's light from reaching us or reaching the world. Be that Hashem's light to, to the umolo ha'oretz deus Hashem kamayim le'amachasen. The time when recognition of Hashem, knowledge of Hashem will fill the world completely. It's Hashem. Bimhei Rabbi Amenu.